With a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George, welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Well, according to the forecast, what we see outside our studio here at Quebec and Third is we're going to be seeing most of today and tonight. It is snowing. Not too cold, though, but it's supposed to get cold beginning next Well, it's a lot Steve, warmer. Steve, what was your reaction when you heard the lows for Monday and Tuesday? Well, I just about toppled there. Yes, minus 35 for the lows in the extended forecast That's Monday wind? and Tuesday. No. That's the temperature. That's the temperature. Oh. We'll find out about the wind a little bit later. Oh, thank you. Well, he's... Uh, Alan Wishart in the host chair. Steve, as you've probably figured out by now, is on the board again. You betcha. And, well, today's show a little bit unusual, but we're going to get through it. We are going to start with an interview I did on Friday evening on our post-to-post sports talk show with Alina Thomas, who is the president of the Prince George Track and Field Club and also the co-chair of athletics for the BC Summer Games. But I started by bringing it down to the local level and saying, so... What was the club season like this past year? Yeah, actually, the outdoor season this summer, uh, this spring and summer, this past spring and summer, were awesome. Uh, the restrictions were much looser for people and athletes outdoors. So we had a fairly reasonable season, a fairly regular season. Um, maybe not as many athletes as we would have liked for yeah. some of the programming, but I think that was because... The restrictions were looser, so people were heading out. They were finally moving around and going to visit family. So I think we, we missed out on some kids. Now, with the restrictions being looser, were there any track meets being held? Because I'm thinking in 2020, there were probably absolutely no meets at all. So were there some meets at least this year? Well, we were allowed to actually have uh, what we called in-club trials. Mm. So and we could hold a meet within the club, and all of the results would be sanctioned and posted uh-huh. and, um, and shared. And we did um, a virtual meet mm-hmm. with a couple of other clubs, and they submitted their... Uh, results yeah. from their athletes, and they got ribbons and things from us. Okay, so each so of them that com- was kind of fun. Yeah, so each group competed at their own track, though. Yeah, they stayed at they stayed at home, complete com- competed in the events that that they could do, and then submitted the results, and everything was tallied together mm-hmm. so that they could compete and get a ribbon for. Yeah. You know, get get the kids some motivation. Yeah. So even though the conditions would not have been the same for the athletes from the different clubs, nobody really cared too much about that. It was just the chance to actually compete against somebody. Yeah, just the opportunity to compare themselves with mm-hmm. other athletes in their own categories, their own ages, because, you know, eventually, hopefully, mm-hmm. COVID will end. And uh, these kids, you know, they want to know who their peers are and how they kind of stack up against them so that when they do get to go, eventually, they'll they'll know what to to aim for, what kind of goals to have. And I guess the tough thing for a lot of the kids is a lot of the athletes from the other clubs, they've probably gotten to know over the years because track and field, you're not competing physically against anybody else. You can you can sort of hope that they get a good time as long as you get a slightly better one. Yeah, that's, that's true. There's nothing like being on the track with your competitor in the end, right? Yeah. Um, and some of the kids were hand-timed. Mm-hmm. Our athletes are very lucky. Our facility is great, and we have a great timing team, and it's all electronic, so it's very precise. We actually had um, two young boys have a, a real photo finish on the 100-meter. 
and um, and it, we, we they had to go through it frame by frame to see who actually crossed the finish line first. Jeez. So it was just like being at a real track and field meet. It was for for some of the kids. It was, which was really good because um, some of them are young and they've never been before. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe it was a good introduction for them because it wasn't too full of pressure. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was very friendly. Yeah, and there was no travel involved either, which was probably kind of nice for some of them. I'm sorry, no, no travel involved. Yeah, you know, I think parents appreciated that yes. that they didn't have to drag their kids all over the province, um, and that, that certainly is expensive. Like we all know, living in the north, you mm-hmm. participate in any sport. That uh, uh, part of the package is you have to figure out how to get to play other teams and, and athletes. Yeah, because where would the closest other track and field club of anywhere near the Prince George club's size be? Probably Kamloops. So that's the closest you could really be going if you're thinking about taking in a meet. Yes, that's our, that's usually our closest go-to um, for, for a meet. Uh, we often go to the Jack Brown meet in Kelowna, mm-hmm. and um, the other meets mostly are are in Vancouver. Yeah. There are small little clubs like Cornell has some track athletes that typically just participate in high school. There are some track athletes in Williams Lake mm-hmm. and we actually even sometimes get track athletes from Bella Coola. Oof. And they'll come to our meet because they'd rather come up here than have to go to Vancouver. Yeah. It's, it's still closer to come here than to go to Vancouver for them. And I guess with Vanderhoof and uh, Chaco yeah. Valley High School especially, it's not so much a track thing. I think they're more into the distance running, aren't they, the cross country? Um, yes, but you know that it was one of their athletes that did that lovely photo finish. Oh. Um, uh, on the hundred meters, so wow. they they um, they did at one point have um, a couple of different events mm-hmm. training, um, but I think that some of the people have left the community, so I think they're just basically into running. I think right yeah. now. Okay, and now the other thing was, as I mentioned, you are the co-chair for the athletics committee with the BC Summer Games coming up in July, and I mean. As if there aren't enough hurdles, if you will, to uh, get over in terms of putting on games like this, you've got another hurdle. Yeah, I do. I do have another hurdle. Um, one, one more hurdle, and and it is a slightly self-imposed hurdle. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we we do not have enough of one style of hurdle to furnish the track. So we have some old wooden ones. Mm-hmm. But not quite enough to do the entire track. It takes eighty hurdles to do the track, and um, and we have some newer ones, um, some nice gill plastic ones, which are certainly nicer, I think, for the athletes if they do a little bumping. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I'm I'm struggling uh, what to do about our great facility, and then not really having the right kind of hurdles to get out there for the events coming in um, in the summer games. Because I know the hurdles were always one of the events where when I worked at the Free Press and I went out to cover the track meets and stuff like that, you could always tell when there was a hurdles event coming up in the near future because all of a sudden there would be about six or seven people heading into the equipment room and coming out with all these hurdles. Yes, they're not light. Even the plastic ones are not light, right? They are still um, metal-based, and they're weighted Mm -hmm. so that um, they stand up with the wind but will knock down with the um, effort of an athlete going over if they hit them. We don't want them to 
stand still because that could be more painful. Yes. And um, and there's a lot. Like I said, there's 80. So that's, you know, eight lanes. Yeah. So that's 10 different spots. You have to drag those hurdles out to mm-hmm. and um, and set them up. And they and every age category, I guess, has its own height. Uh, whoa. Okay. <laughs> right? So they actually have to be adjusted up and up and up as you go through mm-hmm. the, the older and older athletes. Wow. And so now, is there a rule in the Canada game or in the BC games or something that says that you cannot have the mixed hurdles, if you will? Well, nobody has been able to tell me for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I would think personally as an athlete, um, when you're focusing on those hurdles and you you and I'm sure as a hurdler you're very focused on your lane mm-hmm. the first hurdle the second hurdle the third hurdle and then you come across one that di- that just looks different yeah I I would think that might throw somebody who's mm-hmm. maybe not a really experienced hurdler and I would hate for that to happen yeah. to somebody you know during an event that they're they've worked so hard to get to. So, you know, BC Athletics offered to find another club who would loan us their hurdles. Okay. And um and I just thought the logistics of being that person to haul 80 hurdles around the province for a week. I just mm-hmm. I didn't want to be that person myself. So, no. <laughs> I didn't want to press that onto anybody. Now, would it be possible if you had the 80 hurdles in total, if it worked out nicely, could you have, like, say, lane one, all wooden, lane two, the plastic ones, lane three, wooden? Um, it's a possibility. We have um, only enough because the club has purchased 10 plastic. Mm. So we could do um, um, seven lanes okay. of wooden and one lane of plastic. Yeah, which, again, would... if. Maybe not so much for the athletes, but for people, spectators watching, it would look kind of funny that there's one lane that looks different. Yeah, yeah, different. And, you know, think of think of how many years we've probably had those hurdles. Oh. Maybe it's not a lot, but um, the club has been running for almost 50 years now. Oh. And those the hurdles are getting a little banged up. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they do get hauled in and out at every meet. Yeah. And, um and so they're, you know, the wood is is banged up, and they don't certainly don't look as nice mm. as the newer plastic ones. And you know, I think with the BC Summer Games coming, the club really wanted to put its best foot forward to show other clubs mm-hmm. that we can host a really nice meet, and that it is worth the travel to come here to a meet. Um, that not every great meet is in Vancouver. Yeah. So we want to look the part. <laughs> so you're, you, you don't want to impose on somebody else to bring the hurdles up from somewhere else. You don't have enough hurdles here to make everything work. What's the third option? My third option is um, our Removing Hurdles campaign. <laughs> oh, okay. And um, what we would really love is if, um, some companies, uh, businesses in Prince George would be willing to have their name on the hurdle ah. and maybe buy a hurdle or two or 10 or mm-hmm. 70. <laughs> okay. I doubt that would happen, but no. you never know. No. <laughs> so we have started a hurdles campaign, and um, we've got the letter out to our directors 
who are really flying with it and they're they're and even some of our coaches and they're approaching businesses in town hoping that they have a little bit of cash left mm-hmm. over after their two years of COVID yes. <laughs> um, to put um, to help us put our best foot forward to make sure that when people and, and athletes come to the summer games that they look at our great facility because it is oh. beautiful now. Yes. And, um, and, and it would be really nice to look at all those beautiful names on new mm-hmm. hurdles as well. Now, just quickly jumping back to just the regular track and field club, have you guys had the chance to host a meet in the new and improved Massage Place Stadium? No, just our just our local little um, in club stuff. So, which was actually really good because we've figured out what's working, what's not. Mm-hmm. What what do we need before the summer games happens? We were supposed to um, host last uh, this past summer the um, BC Athletics mm-hmm. Championship right. Jamboree. Yep. And um, unfortunately, it got canceled, and yep. they turned it into um, several different events, smaller events um, in the Lower Mainland area where different track clubs, you know, some did the sprinting, some one, another club did the jumping, and another club did the throwing. And so depending on what kind of athlete you were, you went to a, a certain yep. event. Now, are there plans for the track club, track and field club, to hold an event at Massage Place Stadium, hopefully before the BC Summer Games, almost as a trial event? Well, we are going to have to um, host our regular meets that we have, which is our our Sub-Zero, which will be the Mm. first weekend in May. Mm -hmm. And then, believe it or not, because um, BC Athletics and the Summer Games Committee need confirmation of athletes by June 1st, our kids um, in the north, in our zone, Zone 8, will have to do their, what we call zone trial, Mm -hmm. to to compete for a spot to go to the games in the middle of May Wolf. which is, which will coincide with the high school zones championship. Oh. Yeah, so okay. that'll be the 18th and 19th of May. Okay, so the so the high school zone championships and the Canada Games trials if you will will be the same event basically. Exactly, they will be the same event. Okay, so that helps both of you to some extent with working together. It, it does, it does, and it and in I guess in some respects it means that athletes only have to travel once. Yeah. Um, to be able to qualify for one of those um, mm-hmm. events, you know, the high school championships in June or the summer games in um, July. Yeah. But you know, it also being in the middle of May, sometimes we are not on the track. Yeah. Until the middle of April, so yeah. it's not a lot of training time. It's not a lot of exposure to the events and um, you know the competition atmosphere. Yeah, before those kids are expected to perform. Now, one other quick question about the summer games: How is track and field doing for volunteers? Well, you know, um, I'm not really sure. There's lots of people who said that they they would step up, mm-hmm. and um, they will have to do it through the games committee. Okay. Um, and so anybody that, you know, came to the club and said, okay, I'll volunteer, um, I would have to send them to the BC Summer Games Committee and they would do all of their volunteering through there and then request to be uh, designated as an athletics volunteer. And it, it does take a lot of volunteers for these events. Yes. You know, not not just 
the summer games, like that's huge. But even just a track and field meet, mm-hmm. it can take up to a hundred volunteers to just to do a local meet. Yeah. Okay. Alina Thomas, the president of the Prince George Track and Field Club and the Athletics Committee co-chair for the BC Summer Games. Quickly, Alina, before you go, what is the website that people can go to to get information on the Summer Games? You know, it's it's twenty it's BC Summer Games twenty twenty two. There's a an association website. Okay. Um, that, and they run it every year, and they they update it as as the years change. So there should be lots of information on there, and sometimes they're just waiting for some updates, uh, information from our hometown here. And um, if they're struggling with it, there will eventually be a link on our webpage, pgtrackandfield.ca, okay. where they can find information, and they can find information about our club in general, which is <laughs> really spookum, yes. right? Because we would love to have lots of new athletes into the club so that they would have the opportunity to go to the summer games, and that would be 14- and 15-year-olds. Interview I did on Friday evening in our post-to-post sports talk show with Alina Thomas, the president of the Prince George Track and Field Club and the co-chair of athletics for the BC Summer Games. Take a quick break and be back with more after nine. In a confused and broken world, truth, hope, and light are found in the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Join us Sundays at 7.30 p.m. as we host Pastor Chris Gordon of Abounding Grace Radio. Pastor Gordon preaches from all of the scriptures with a special focus on how they testify about Jesus. Brought to you by Prince George Canadian Reformed Church. Don't miss Abounding Grace Radio Sunday evenings at 7.30 here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Learn to love your smile again at Der Denture Center. Der Denture Center offers a full range of denture services from partial dentures to complete dentures. Same-day repairs are also available. Der Denture Center is located on the third floor of the Victoria Medical Building with easy elevator access. Come in for a free complimentary consultation. No referral required. For help with your existing set or if you need new, Der Denture Center in the Victoria Medical Building. Call 250-562-6638. I'm Shirley Bond, the MLA for Prince George Vale Mount. The holiday season gives us the opportunity to reflect on the challenging times we have faced and show our gratitude to those who have worked tirelessly to keep people and communities safe. After another difficult year, it is so important to be thankful for the good things in our lives and to spend time with those we care about the most. As we look forward to the new year, I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a happy, healthy year ahead. Forecast for Environment Canada. Snow today, wind from the south at 20k. A high of minus 10 with a wind chill this morning to minus 28. More snow tonight, wind at 15k. A low of minus 13 with a wind chill to minus 19. For Wednesday, periods of snow. Wind from the northwest at 20 gusting to 40. A high of minus 10 with an afternoon wind chill to minus 18. This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station. 93.1 CFIS-FM. Well, if you'd listened to the major weather at the top of the hour, it would have included the weekend and some rather scary temperatures. Don't say it. I know, I won't. I will just say, though, it leads me quite nicely into something to chat about. We've got a cold snap coming up this weekend, (laughs) and we've got a cold snap coming up in about a month. And the cold snap in about a month will be much more enjoyable. That's the Cold Snap Music Festival, of course. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, January 28th to February 5th. Their plan right now is to have, obviously, limited seating capacity at the Prince George Playhouse for live shows, 
They will also be live streaming everything for a nominal fee. Last year, if I remember correctly, they just live streamed everything for free. Yeah. But this year, I guess they figured, no, we we got to make a little bit a off little of bit this. On the side, yeah. yeah. And they will also have the regular um, daytime outreach workshops where each of the artists, when they come to Cold Snap, they basically agree that they will do something during the day, either the day of their thing, sometimes the day after, sometimes the day before, depending on when they get to town. And that might be, like, I've sat in on a couple, and you'll have songwriters talking about songwriting. You'll have somebody talking about playing a particular type of music, say, on the guitar or something. And, you know, it's not super in-depth. Are they going to have the workshops as well? Yes, they will have those. They, um... They're hoping for the same thing, basically. They're hoping to be able to have them at one venue, because it used to be there would be four or five places around the city that they Uh would have them. They're looking to have just one venue, again, limited capacity audience, but those are free, and they will be live streamed for free as well. Oh, okay. So that's that's good to see. Yeah. And I know um, a number of times I've talked to artists who have been to Cold Snap before they're coming back, and they say one of the things they like is... That uh, the workshop thing mm-hmm. because it gives the, it's something they don't usually get a chance to do, especially at a festival. So um, yeah, so they get a chance to and they get a chance to meet the audience as well, mm-hmm. which a lot of them, of course, really like. And uh, they've announced a few of the artists, and of course, they will be announcing more as we go along because it doesn't start until January the twenty eighth. But uh, they've got a band called Early Spirit. There is. Um, the, the Boom Booms are coming back. I believe they've been here before, mm-hmm. and they are actually going to be here on February the 5th, which is the last night of the uh, Cold Snap. Uh, they've got uh, Gypsy Jazz, The Lost Fingers, interesting name. Uh, Murray Porter, who is a blues musician. Uh, Sarah Smith, a folk rocker. And then a couple of local artists already announced, um, Carol Wyson and Genevieve Jade, who we had on the show two weeks ago. Just a week and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah. With her new uh, album coming out and everything. And, uh, no, she's she's one of those people, I've interviewed her now four or five times. And she's just so much fun to interview. Well, when you meet her and talk oh, to her, yeah. it's so different than from her music, right? Yeah. And speaking of different, here's Reg. Hi, Reg. Good morning, Reg. Different in this company I just, is, is a compliment. <laughs> oh, it wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> so we had a visit this morning from uh, our old friend Thomas. Yes. Uh, Thomas stops by... Well, he used to drop by the station uh, at the old locations uh, fairly regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that he knows our hours or the hours that I'm here at the new location, he'll probably pop in every once in a while because he, yes. he just works over at the Chaco Bottle Depot. Okay, so these days, and uh, obviously making decent wages because he yeah. gave us uh, quite the haul for mm-hmm. Christmas presents this year. A couple yeah. of scratching wins. Uh, uh, kind of a cool, a very nice uh, Chinese uh, calendar. Chinese calendar, yeah, Whoa, which beautiful art on all. It. Yeah, yeah, and uh, even uh, I, uh, he did a, a gift to the uh, 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 PETA 
mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, People for ethical treatment of animals. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I guess that's, uh, it says a gift for you from PETA. Yes. So I imagine uh, he did a donation or something. Yeah, did a donation, got this, and, yeah. And, and to top it off. And he got us a bottle. Yes. So Which, our open house will be a little yeah. more festive than, than normal. <laughs> Gee, Reg, that sounds like a great lead-in. Talk, talk to me more about this open house. Open house, our usual December 24th open house from 9 to 3 on Friday. And, yeah, anyone can stop by. Um, you don't necessarily need to have a mask, but uh, if you're not masked up, you, you want to... Yeah, be Keep careful. Keep your distance yeah. from others. Uh, I did check the COVID numbers yesterday. Again, mm. our numbers have gone down a little bit. We're yep. getting closer to that 200 mark. Yep. And uh, so we'll see, keep watching that. Uh, I think uh, the arrival of uh, Omicron will uh, be, we'll see that yeah. because it'll start to but pop We're not up. hearing any like doom and gloom that people are. You know, like really no. sick or dying. Like, well, I, I don't know if you caught the interview on Hockey Night in Canada, but <clears throat> during one of the intermissions, Ron McLean had a doctor on, and he was talking about the new Omicron uh, mm-hmm. variant. And uh, Ron was quite interested in, in finding out just how that will affect what's going on out there. Is it, uh, well, the indication is that it's less serious than the previous strains. But more transferable. Uh, more transferable, exactly. Uh, but its effect, they, early on, they believe the effect of it is, is more like a common cold. Mm-hmm. Yes, so like a flu, flu thing, right? right? Yeah. So if that's the case, and the other part, which they still aren't sure about, is if you contract it, that may uh, uh, build up your body's immunity to all the yes the mm-hmm. coronavirus variants then that might in the long term be the the way out of the whole pandemic yeah because there was a couple of experts on the national news that were saying like it is very low as far as as fatality as far as the, rate what the delta did yeah yeah so i can see it coming through and gone yeah, that's but the way if, it's working. if it comes through and leaves behind a whole lot of people that are now immune to the virus, oh. then that's excellent. Yeah. You know, that would give you the her, the herd immunity that a lot of people at the beginning of the pandemic were wanting to, yeah. you know, take that mm-hmm. route and uh, get there without a whole, whole lot of uh, uh, casualties. Okay. On that note, we're going to go to a quick break and be back with some more after nine. Drop in once a month for an artful Sunday afternoon and let your creativity soar with Creative Space Sunday at Two Rivers Gallery. Experience a different activity each session with a variety of stations for art making and creative workshops. Come by yourself, with your family, or with friends and join in the fun. It's free for members with a nominal fee for the general public. No registration necessary. For more information on the next Creative Space Sunday, contact Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in the Canada Games Plaza. The Exploration Place has a new pop-up location at the Pine Centre Mall. The scaled-down museum includes exhibits, fun and educational programs for school-aged children, and a gift shop section with merchandise including the popular Mr. P.G. Plushie. Plus, there's a festive Christmas display. All programs require pre-registration and COVID-19 protocols are in place. The museum is anticipating a grand reopening next year. But in the meantime, check out the Exploration Place at their pop-up location in the Pine Centre Mall 
all through mid-April. The Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity and Recreation Council is seeking regional soccer coaches and team managers. Individual regional committees will select their team volunteers and oversee the regional team selection process. For more information and details on how to apply, visit ispark.ca. That's I-S-P-A-R-C dot C-A. The Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity and Recreation Council looking for regional soccer coaches and team managers. Application deadline is 4 p.m. January 14th. We've all heard that planting trees can save the world, but did you know that seaweed is one of nature's superheroes fighting against climate change? Seaweed can sequester more carbon per square kilometer than a forest ecosystem. OceanWise is beginning to restore seaweed forest in B.C. and Chile by working with local institutions, indigenous people, and companies to explore this slimy but charismatic solution. Your gift of $42 will result in 100 new kelp plants. Help OceanWise restore kelp forest today by visiting ocean.org. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. And we were talking a little bit about hockey before the break. Reg talking about uh, some people who Ron McLean was talking to on Hockey Night in Canada, and that kind of leads right into the fact that uh, there ain't no hockey in the NHL version, at least now until after Christmas. That's right. Yeah, they've just put the whole league on pause. Well, I went through the week's schedule before they uh, did the pause, mm-hmm. yeah. and there were, you know, uh, oh. one or two games each night. That each was, night. I know. was it. Everything yeah. else was yeah. postponed. Yeah. So the league thought, well, let's just uh, let's call our quits, and I and I think that'll put a nail in the coffin of uh, any chance of the players no. going to the Olympics. Yeah, because they need those two weeks now to make up the game, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, think they should go anyway. No. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, and and uh, and I can I appreciate it, you know the players want to go yes, but but they don't want to uh, pay the price to go no because the owners they get nothing out of this no. other than the exposure for the NHL yeah, yeah exactly and so they're basically saying well yeah you can go but if things go wrong we don't want to be. On the, on yeah, the because, hook for the the cost of yeah. of you getting injured or you getting sick or whatever, mm-hmm. we don't want to, We want to be compensated for that, and the players kind of looked at and went, "Hmm, well, I don't know if I want to." What, yeah. what if a situation came where you couldn't get out? Well, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. That's one of the other things they're talking about is yeah. they may have to isolate there for X number of days before they can even leave the country. Even but yeah, if, leaving the country would be difficult sometimes. Yeah, but I think if, if I remember correctly, I don't have it right in front of me. But I think yesterday's schedule. I think there was supposed to be like six games on yesterday, and there was one played. Mm-hmm. The other five were already postponed, so not too bad. And again, NFL. There's two NFL games on today. It's Tuesday. Yeah, they're going to keep going though. They're yeah, they're, they're not quitting. No, they postponed their games. The thing is, of course, the teams that are playing today, they're playing on Tuesday, and they're going to be playing again on Sunday. And some of the players are expressing a little bit of concern about that short turnover turnaround because a lot of times, you know, I've read for years, players will say, you play on Sunday, and it, it generally takes them usually until about Thursday before they start feeling 100% again just from the little bumps and bruises they picked up in the game. Yeah, but Thursday is a regular game. Yeah, but the, the teams that so play there play, play on Sunday. Play Thursday, they, yeah. they play Sunday and play Thursday. So yeah, but then the they. But thing. then the other thing is, though, 
after they play on that Thursday, they get almost like a week and a half off because they don't play again until the following Sunday. Oh. So, yeah. Now, I just checked NHL.com. The, there are two games tonight. Okay, that's so what I thought. Are, I thought it was after tonight. Playing, yeah, they are yeah. playing the two games tonight. So what have we then, got? Well, it's uh, Washington at Philadelphia and Tampa Bay at Vegas. Oh, because it's American, okay. yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no yeah. cross-border yeah. No. or anything going on there. No. That sounds like good games, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm a well, little, yeah, I'm kind of surprised at the Tampa Bay Vegas one. Like the Washington Philadelphia one, they're close enough. Yeah, that's an easy travel. Well, as Tampa well. Bay, I think, was already I was on, on the, the West Coast, Coast yeah. so not playing the yeah. other teams. Well, yeah, <laughs> having some of the games canceled, yeah. yes, but so there, that's just a stop on their way home type thing. Yeah, because I think I read on uh, online yesterday or the day before that Toronto was on a West Coast swing. And a couple of days ago, they all just, they just had just headed home because the rest of the games on the trip had already been canceled. So, yeah, no under, sense staying out here and being tourists. Under under the headlines, holiday break to begin after Tuesday games. Mm-hmm. And then the other headline is Boudreaux using pause to fine-tune Canucks. Ooh. Fine-tune. They've won five straight. How about just straight. leave them alone? Leave yeah. them alone. If he's going to fine-tune them, I think the rest of the league better be real scared. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're lucky that they got postponed because Toronto would have snapped that streak. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's, that's And we'll get back to that game soon, so. Yes. yes. Well, who knows? It's, it, it, isn't it so nice, Reg, that you've got two people in here grounded in reality and then you've got somebody else? A Leaf fan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. You know, it's, um, yeah, so what else we, oh. Um, Gotta like the guys you work with. A little bit of hockey stuff as well, to some extent. The next uh, Theater Northwest play. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Their first play, Marvelous Wonderettes, which just ended on the weekend, was from the, like, 50s and 60s musical. Musical, yeah. yeah this uh, one isn't a musical, talks. but it's going back to the 1930s and the Preston Rubilats, which was a women's hockey team. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was talking with um, somebody from Theatre Northwest at the beginning of the year about each of the plays. And they were saying for this one, um, there is going to be some music involved. And it's going to basically be swing tunes. And that's how they will be doing some of the action on the ice. Is it will be choreographed to swing music from the 30s. Yeah. Kind of neat. And I don't think, I think I did check with them as well. They're not actually going to have a rink on the stage. Like, well, they're not going to have something that has to be, like, you know, zamboni every night or whatever. So, that makes sense. But that's uh, that's not until February, February 4th, 23rd. And if I remember correctly, when, these, when the latest public health orders were announced, I think I heard January 31st was the date that these ones were going to be in effect until? Uh, that's what I've heard, yeah. Yeah. So February the 4th to 23rd, so again, um, Marnie Hamagami and the rest of the people at Theater Northwest are going to be waiting at the end of January to find out how many people they can, how many tickets they can sell for each show. Yeah. I would think that uh, we'll be in pretty good shape by the end of January. I really hope believe, so. I really yes. believe that. By the end of January, that would be nice because that might also help Cold Snap in terms of how many people they can get into all their different shows as we were talking yeah. about a little bit earlier. No, exactly. Yeah. No, I truly believe in a big swing. Yeah. Oh, is that a reference back to the swing music that there's going well, to be? I in? thought I'd throw it in there. <sighs> I thought it was a baseball reference. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit early yet for baseball. And besides, they're still in a lockout. 
Although, even though they're in a lockout, there was still some business taking place. The Oakland A's uh, promoted one of their coaches, Mark Kotze, to be their new manager. Oh, yeah. And I believe, I didn't see anything in the story, but I believe that means that all of the managerial spots are now uh, full again for next season. Right. Strange thing is, I think there might be a couple of GM spots available. But, uh, okay, Reg, give me a quick hand here. I'm trying to figure out, I think we're running out of time here. When those two numbers are the same, but they're both they're both clipping they're both ticking down at the same amount. Oh, so I you, think I think we better go to a break. Yeah. Okay. Okay, we're going to go to a break. When we come back, interview that I did on Friday with Caleb Wilson from Caribou Hockey after nine. Life Sciences BC is hosting their third annual Career Connect Day, Friday, January 21st. This full-day event will help connect life sciences companies and organizations from across the sector with university and college students and STEM job seekers. For full details and to register, click on the Career Connect Day link through the events calendar at lifesciencesbc.ca. It's Life Sciences BC's third annual Career Connect Day, Friday, January 21st from 9 to 5, presented by Biotalent Canada through Excel events. School District 57 has issued notice of election by voting for the Prince George Trustee Electoral Area. General Voting Day will be open to qualified electors on Saturday, January 15th from 8 to 8 at Glenview, Heritage, Malaspina and Pineview Elementary Schools, as well as Van Bien Training Centre. There is no need to pre-register, but you will be required to produce two pieces of identification as proof of residency and identity. Full details of the School District 57 by-election process and rules are available at sd57.b. School District 57 has work for a Claytley Tenay First Nations artist. The opportunity is for the artist to work directly with the school district to design Indigenous art pieces to be displayed in and around local schools. Work will also include changing logos to Indigenous design. Interested artists can contact the Claytley Tenay Education Officer by emailing education at claytley.ca. That's a call for Claytley Tenay First Nations artists to work directly with School District 57. Deadline for interest submissions is Monday, January 17th. Forecast from Environment Canada. Snow today, winds in the south at 20K. A high of minus 10 with a wind chill this morning to minus 28. More snow tonight, wind at 15K. A low of minus 13 with a wind chill to minus 19. For Wednesday, periods of snow. Wind from the northwest at 20 gusting to 40. A high of minus 10 with an afternoon wind chill to minus 18. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Going now to another interview that I did on Friday evening for our post-to-post sports show. This time around, I was chatting with Caleb Wilson, the Director of Media Relations for Caribou Hockey. And I asked uh, Caleb, Caribou Hockey, there's a lot of teams involved there. Yeah, it's uh, it's a... It's a big, uh, big card there. <laughs> yeah, so now, basically, though, it's all of the Caribou Cougars teams, the Caribou Bobcats, and the Northern Capitals, correct? That's correct. We have three male uh, AAA teams yeah. for um, Caribou Cougars, and then we have the zone program, which is considered AA uh, for U18 and U15, and then, of course, uh, you know, the Northern Capitals are are under the same uh, same card as us now. So it's, uh, yeah, lots of teams. Yeah, because everything now, well, at least um, the major teams, I think it's called now, I think, the BC Elite Hockey League, and that's a change too, isn't it? 
Yeah, that's correct. It was just, uh, you know, the BC major midgets and things of that nature. It's changed. It's all the, yeah, the BC EHL now. Yeah. And when you first see the uh, abbreviation, you're kind of going, the what? Pardon me, sorry? When you first see the abbreviation, I know my first reaction was sort of, the what? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a big change. So now, I guess we're getting close to halfway through the season. Uh, how have things been going? Uh, it's been an interesting season, to say the least. Uh, you know, I think we've seen, you know, our ch- our fair share of challenges across not just, you know, uh, Prince George teams, but also, you know, the entire BCEHL with, with COVID and, uh, you know, trying to navigate through that with, uh, with protocols and uh, things of that nature. Then you add in the recent flooding down in the lower mainland. That's played a big factor, um, especially in the scheduling of things. I mean, we've played... Uh, the Okanagan Rockets and and uh, the Thompson Blazers a lot more than we normally yes. do in uh, in a short span of time. Now, are those games that were sort of scheduled for later in the season, and so now those will become games against lower mainland teams? Yeah, so those games, like we would have played Thompson at home later in the season, mm-hmm. uh, and those have been have been yeah everything's just kind of been moved around, and the same goes for the Northern Capitals. Yeah. Uh, the closest team in proximity to them is the uh, Thompson Okanagan Lakers. So the Lakers kind of encompass the Okanagan and Thompson for the for the poll in terms of where their catchment is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just been a little bit of shuffling around, and uh, obviously, you know, makes it. Uh, I would say it's kind of given a little bit more of a rivalry between between the, those teams, which is you know kind of reminds you of the WHL with the Prince George Cougars oh. and you know the Kamloops Blazers and, and Kelowna Rockets. So it's yeah. it's kind of been you know as much as it's exhausting, I'm sure playing the same guys. It's also been kind of exciting because you see the rivalry really come to life. And now one thing I've got to check with you because you would probably know this. It seems to me because we usually talk each week about the games the previous weekend and stuff. Uh, the U18 and U17 Cougars are their schedules basically mirror images of each other. If one of them is on the road against team A, team A is here to play the other team. Yeah, that'd be correct. Uh, and very similar, excuse me, with the U15 AAA program. It's, yeah, it's essentially a mirror image. So, uh, you, you very rarely have, if ever, I don't think we'll ever see it, the U18 and U17s in town at the same time, unless it's for like an exhibition series, mm-hmm. which we did back at the beginning of the year with, uh, the Northeast Chiefs. Okay. And then I guess the Northern Capitals, well, hey, they've only got, they've got what, a five team league, I think? So obviously their schedule runs totally different. Yeah, theirs is uh, definitely heavy on the road. Mm -hmm. Uh, Typically, excuse me, again, the closest team in proximity is Thompson Okanagan. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I mean, that things obviously get shuffled around and, you know, we, we try to make, make changes where we can and accommodate. I mean, we're hoping, you know, with the, the recent announcements from you know BC Transit and BC Highways that mm. the Coquihalla will be opening up and things of that nature. But again, what that means for uh, for travel for hockey is is totally different, right? Yeah. We're we're kind of waiting to hear on that. Now, one thing I noticed just I think it was last weekend or the weekend before, maybe the Capitals were actually out at a tournament in Saskatchewan. And is that the first tournament that anybody from here has played in this year? Uh, to the best of my knowledge, the answer would be yes. Wow. Uh, yeah, they went to the Mandy Schwartz Memorial mm. Tournament. Notre Dame Hounds host that yeah. one. 
Um, you know, definitely not the outcome we were hoping for. No. Uh, I think we finished, uh, if I remember correctly, three and two. I could be wrong. We finished, I want to say, it was either seventh or ninth overall, and that's the best we've ever placed at that tournament. Uh, from what I've been told, which is good. I mean, yeah. Haley, Haley Armstrong is, uh, had a great tournament, uh, as, you know, she's been having an incredible season, second in the team in points, second in the league in points. Um, so she's, you know, she was a big, big piece there. Obviously, our goaltending came in as well. And, you know, playing different teams, it's uh, a little different when you're used to playing the same teams every, <laughs> you know, every so often. Now, a tournament that, would normally be coming up pretty quick for usually the U18 Caribou Cougars and the Northern Capitals. The Midget Max, is that happening this year? Yeah, that tournament, uh, as far as I know, uh, is scheduled to happen um, with the latest, you know, mm. COVID-19 uh, restrictions. I'm not sure what, you know, what that means yeah. uh, for that tournament. Last year was a no-go. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously disappointing. It's a fantastic tournament. Oh. Uh, I've never personally been, but I know, you know, we won it back in, I believe it was 2013. And, um, you know, it's it's definitely something that's always on the calendar. Whether or not you're going to the tournament, everybody knows about it and everybody kind of tunes in to see what happens. Yeah, because I think the Cougars won it one year, and I think it was either the next year or the following year, the Northern Capital won, the Northern Capitals won the girls' side as well, I think. Yeah, I believe so. I believe both teams have won it once. Uh, the, the Northern Capitals' statistics history with me is not quite no, as strong no. as, uh, as the Caribou Cougars, but I believe you're right, and they have won it, um, and it was around the same time period. Take a quick break. Be back with the second half of the interview with Caleb Wilson from Caribou Hockey after nine. Gather round and celebrate the holiday season with your very own gnome at the Prince George Public Library. Stop by this free drop-in event Wednesday from 11.30 to 1.30 and make a pom-pom gnome, a gnome ornament, or enter the gnome coloring competition to win prizes. It may be cold outside, but it's good to be gnome for the holidays. Free and open to all ages, gnome for the holidays. Wednesday from 11.30 to 1.30 at the Bob Harkins branch of your public library. The Prince George Council of Seniors needs drivers for their Meals on Wheels program. Drivers are needed one per week from about 10.30 to noon to deliver hot meals to homebound clients. To volunteer, you must be double vaccinated for COVID, have friendly manners, a valid driver's license, a reliable vehicle, and go through a criminal record check. For, for more information or to volunteer for Meals on Wheels program, email nicole.pgcos at gmail.com. Contracted staff are conducting targeted wildfire mitigation work in the city of Prince George. Fire fuel mitigation is taking place in the Malaspina area through the end of December, around Broadie Road by mid-January, and in the Paderni Recreation Site near the end of January. Each operation will take about 30 days, during which access to the areas may be restricted. Citizens are encouraged to follow all signage located near the work sites. For more information, visit the news link at princegeorge.ca. Learn how to paint the plants you love with Watts Art Academy. Watercolor Botanicals is a fun in-person course which will teach you to paint realistic-looking plants. This is the perfect class for those who have played a little bit with watercolors but want to take it to new levels. Sign up today at wattsartacademy.ca. Watercolor Botanicals from Watts Art Academy, Saturdays from 1 to 3, starting January 8th, above the gift shop at Studio 2880. 
It's after nine on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS FM. And we are back, and now for the second half of the interview I did for Post to Post on Friday with Caleb Wilson, Director of Media Relations for Caribou Hockey. You've got a bit of a Christmas break here then, obviously. When do the, when are the teams scheduled to get back on the ice? Uh, I believe it's after Christmas. Like they're, Yeah, the kids' last day of school, I believe, was today. Yeah. So the kids are kind of packed up mm-hmm. and, and kind of gone, uh, gone their separate ways for the Christmas holidays, which is, uh, you know, I think for, for the kids it's great uh, to get that break. Uh, but, yeah, to the best of my knowledge, it's after Christmas. I want to say... The U18 guys start on the road, um, and then I mean it's it's a pretty quick, pretty quick turnaround. It oh. looks like, yeah, they play um, the beginning. Oh, sorry, we're home. The first the first uh, first set of games are supposed to be playing the uh, South Island Royals January eighth and 9th. Okay. Uh and then uh, we'll be in Kelowna to play the Rockets, and then. Uh, the much anticipated uh, BC Winter Classic is is uh, is next month, so everybody's getting ramped up for that too. Yeah, so now that's the one where it's in Fort St. James and Vanderhoof, and it's what the U eighteen Cougars and the Northern Capitals, correct? That's correct. So we play the Northern Capitals um, play. It's it'll be their second kick of the can for the Winter mm-hmm. Classic. Um, the first year we played a game on the Saturday evening. Sorry, no, we played on the Friday evening in Vanderhoof. And then uh, we played Saturday. Um, or maybe, uh, sorry, I can't remember the, no, the yeah. schedule exactly. But either way, the girls play in Vanderhoof. The guys play uh, outdoors on the Saturday. Mm. And then they play in the, in the Fort Forum right. on the Sunday. And then it's obviously the, the other way around for... Uh, for the girls, they'll play inside in, on the Saturday in Vanderhoof, and then they'll play Sunday. Uh, they'll play that one um, outside in, at the Ernie Sam Memorial Arena. And so that's got to be something where, especially last year, as you say, for the Northern Capitals, their first time, that must have been quite something for the girls. Yeah, it would have been, sorry, not last year, but the year before. Right, two years uh, ago. Last year was, yeah, two years ago. It was... Uh, that was my first year with the program as well, and it was oh. an absolutely incredible experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the girls, we played the, the Greater Vancouver Comets, a fantastic team that mm-hmm. year. Uh, they had Jenna Buglioni on the team. She's an Ohio State Buckeye at this point in her career. And, uh, you know, they were they were a tough team to face, but nonetheless, uh, incredible experience. The girls, uh, nothing but smiles on their faces. Uh, you know, it's a first first for a lot of people especially the lower mainland kids, like they don't have the same kind of outdoor lifestyle that we do in the North. And mm-hmm. to see them come out and for some of them skate on an outdoor rink for the first time mm-hmm. was pretty special. So yeah, the girls are definitely ramped up and, and ready to go. I mean, we're playing the Fraser Valley rush. Which is, uh, it's uh, you know, we're, we're the top two teams in the league. Yep. They've kind of had our number this year. Uh, we've beat them, beat them twice, I believe. Um, on the road, and they've they've kind of taken it, not taken it to us, but they've they've won the rest of the series, so they've got the upper hand. But you know, we're uh, the girls have been working hard, and this is a game that they all you know really focus on and, and uh, you know really look forward to because it's just such a unique experience. Yeah. So now, do you know offhand what the dates are for that tournament for that for yeah. those games? Yeah, it's the January twenty second, twenty third weekend. Okay. 
um, is when those will be taking place. Again, the guys play Saturday night uh, at the Ernie Sam Memorial. Mm-hmm. The girls will play in Vanderhoof on the Saturday night, and then Sunday the girls will play outside, and then the guys will play inside shortly after the girls' game kind of wraps up. And okay. yeah, it's uh, it's pretty. It's cool. It's uh, like I said. It's not, it's like nothing I've ever seen before. I mean, the, the Cosley Wooten oh. uh, band out there does an incredible job. They've done more upgrades to the facility. Um, you know, the Fort Form has ice already because the the Chaco North Stars, you know, senior men's team has played a couple oh. games up there. So it's uh, the community comes out, and uh, a lot of people come to watch that game, and you know, it's kind of a big staple there. And the uh, you know, it's it's a fan base that you don't really realize you have until you're there because, you know, we're in Prince George and we're kind of their hometown team mm-hmm. per se with, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of top-end alumni have come out of that community. So it's pretty cool to go back and, you know, give back where we can. So now looking at the regular season now, the rest of the regular season, how close are the teams to where they should be in terms of games played? Uh, I think it's pretty close. Okay. I'd have to I'd have to look statistically – uh, it's yeah, it's, it's pretty it's pretty close to be honest with you. Um, you know, there wasn't really too many cancellations. It's just been rescheduling. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the girls were stuck in Vancouver for for an extended period of time after a matchup against Vancouver Comets, but the league switched the games. We played against Fraser Valley midweek and then flew home, kind of thing. So it's pretty close. Um, I don't think we're that far off in terms of how many games we were supposed to play on the front half. So that's, uh, we're pretty fortunate there. I think the team that's kind of taken the brunt of it would be, uh, the U 15 team, I think is a little bit behind the eight ball, Mm -hmm. but again, I could be wrong. We may have had, they they were on the road a little bit too. So, so now when is the regular season supposed to wrap up for these leagues? Oh, that would be you're you're talking just regular season, no playoffs, right? Yes, at this point. Uh, that would be first round of the playoffs is slotted for end or middle of March. Okay. So the last regular season game would be, uh, I believe, yeah. yeah. Well, we have a we actually have a bye weekend in March. Oof. So yeah, I would okay. say it's you know our last set of regular season games right now for the U18 AAA guys is uh, the end of February. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So now, Caleb, if people want information about any of the teams in Caribou Hockey, whether it's Cougars, Bobcats, or Capitals, is there one website they can go to? At the moment, no. We're actually redoing, in the process of getting our website redone for that exact reason, ah. um, so we can get, uh, excuse me, get everything kind of under one roof. Right. Um, our social media, I mean, I, I, I'm very fortunate to have a really good group of guys uh, that help me out uh, social media-wise and on our game day broadcast. So uh, our, our, our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages are all, um, you know, pretty active. We we post our you know our, our look ahead graphics mm-hmm. for when games are being played, who we're playing, what time. Um, so that would be you know the best bet uh, would be to look there. Uh, I believe Tourism Prince George actually has our schedules oh. posted. Okay, on Good. on their website. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to fact check that, but I no. know that it has been in the no. past. People can check. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of cool. Uh, but I mean, honestly, it's 
there isn't a weekend, excuse me, in in Prince George where two at least two of our teams, our Triple A teams, are playing. Yeah. Um, like you said, it's mirror image on the U seventeen, U eighteen side. So, um, you know, it's it's pretty pretty consistent that we have two teams playing at home. Uh, the U eighteen Cougars always play uh, four thirty on Saturday afternoons. It's usually nine thirty or ten o'clock on a Sunday morning. So mm-hmm. that's fairly consistent. Um, I mean, that's that's pretty well. Every single one of our home games is right around that time. We try to keep that consistent, but. Yeah, I would say, you know, check our Facebook, um, our Instagram page if, if you're on that, and then obviously Twitter for sure. Interview with Caleb Wilson, the Director of Media Relations for Caribou Hockey, did that interview Friday night for our Post to Post Sports Talk show. That'll do it for today's show. Tomorrow, scheduled to be taking a look overall at the BC Summer Games, as well as a look at uh, what's happening with next year, with the 2022 Relay for Life. And that'll be tomorrow, after nine. After 9 is a daily presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Echo Wiley, Trudy Clausen, and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. Theme music is by The Ebbs. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. This is 93.1 CFIS-FM, proudly supported by local businesses like